Hello, JRE listeners and JRE review listeners. I'm joined today by with my good buddy Mark. What up, dude? What up? Now we took a bit of a week off uh, just to work through kind of a bit of a transition. Do we want to talk about any of that, Mark? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we, not... we're we're changing a, a bit of our format. Obviously, we've Just been doing slightly. longer form conversations. Mark's joined the team, and uh, we get a bit more of a back and forth. Uh, even though we're good friends, we 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 think pretty differently on on a lot of aspects of uh, which I didn't even realize. Yeah, but I mean, it happens. Yeah, right. We're, but we're, I I don't know. I guess we just. Each other. <laughs> yeah, we don't get into uh, these sorts of not debates, but I guess topical. All we ever right. do is talk comedy, so it's cool to to get like right. a different side of, of women. Like, our conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And no, and yeah, what we're what we're trying to set up is uh, kind of within the reviews is talking about what we pull out of the Joe Rogan experience, what we learn from it, how we can apply it to our lives. Um, you know, not just like kind of like how fun the guests are and how interesting different people are, though that is very important, but right. what aspects of why Joe had them on in the first place. Like, what is Joe trying to learn from these people, which is really mm -hmm. why he set this stuff up in the first place. And, yep. um, yeah, just kind of go from there. So, today... Yeah. We got a couple of good ones. We've got Steve Ranella and John Norris, right? They're both outdoorsmen. John Norris on podcast thirteen fourteen, a bit of a uh, thirteen forty, a bit of a background on him. He is, uh, would you call him a park ranger or uh, fishing? What do they call those fishing game guys? Fishing game warden, something like that. There we go, fishing game warden. I was going to say Power Ranger like a fucking idiot. The Power Ranger. <laughs> well, Fishing Game one. Warden sounds like he like he runs a, a prison for marine animals. Like yeah, right. Game Warden. Or like a casino. An underground casino. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, all I've ever known of these types of guys is, yeah, they just go around making sure you're not hooking fish. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, leaving your poops in the wilderness. Or whatever you can't do out there, cutting trees down. What kind of what kind of things did you think people like this would get up to on like the national parks? Um, I bet fires a big no no. They look for mm -hmm. or controlled fires. You know, yeah, can't. It better be, you know, if, if there's a no fire sign, especially in California during the during the fire seasons. You know, that's got to be a heavy topic. Nobody's smoking. Yeah. Things like that. Um, Camping in weird places. Right. Um, you know, hunting without a permit, fishing without a permit, because you have environmental concerns and they're on top of that. Make sure when you notice nobody's trashing our national right. parks, things like that. Treating them dumping. with respect. Yeah. Uh, dumping, dumping for sure. crap in the river or like living out there. I, I, I kind of always assumed people would just try and live out there. Maybe people on the run or just like people that were weird. Sounds great. Might yeah, right. It. Not right now. It's hot as fuck, but like... Yeah. But, but you can camp out in the parks, right? You can get... Yeah, absolutely. Like... I do it all the time. 
designated spots but i guess there's just certain spots you can't go and then also protecting people hiking you know making sure that they're hiking in the right places or not getting Mm -hmm. lost and things like that well there's also a big concern about um especially like in yosemite a big concern about food um because you have bears that will ruin your shit for some beef jerky they will destroy your whole fucking car to get a bag of funyuns and they don't give a fuck what are you supposed to do with that? Put it in the, hang it in yeah, the tree. Yeah, you put them in a lockbox. They have a box for food, so I guess it stops uh, the scent or something like that. Yeah, you kind of think that if you're having to put food in a lockbox, aren't you also food? That is a good point. I, but I feel as if, like the smell of cooked bacon or jerky or fish or hot dogs or anything probably is, has a better sm- smell than you know jeter and leroy who have <laughs> three-day-old body odor you know what i mean yeah they they would prefer food that can't run away initially exactly i mean it's i, a little I bit prefer more food work. the same way so i can i can i can relate i i enjoy fishing i enjoy the piece of fish but sometimes it's a hell of a lot easier to go to ralph's and just be like yo what up salmon thanks <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah. food mates. What is that? Exactly, the delivery service. Yeah, yeah. Post have it sent to your house. A billion of them. Billion of them. Yeah, that's what bears need. Bears need their own Postmates, where they can just get shit delivered to them. I'm sure the <laughs> bears it. are like, oh, Postmates. why didn't I fucking think of that, dickhead? Oh, because I'm a fucking bear. <laughs> you know, every time I tried to use that, I've been pretty stoned. And then yeah. by the time you line it up, all the fees that come in it are overwhelm my laziness. And I'm like, oh, you know dude, what? I'm real. just going to get my ass up and go get it. It's like this for delivery, then this for that. And I'm like, I'm not even that lazy. It's like the delivery service is as much as the food. Absolutely. No, it's highway fucking robbery. When the girlfriend and I want to order pizza, she's like, let's just have it delivered. I'm like, we might, we, for the price of it getting delivered, we can just pick it up and get an extra pizza. It's stupid. <laughs> we shouldn't pay for it. I, refu- I patently fucking refuse to pay for delivery unless I am really feeling lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the laziness always comes hand in hand with like the weed that I've smoked. And that is true. I've done it long enough now to where I can push through any laziness and or paranoia or social anxiety and I'm like I'm saving that seven bucks and I feel like a, a thrifty shopper yeah you I mean you probably, you might as well be on Wall Street now <laughs> that's it I'm <laughs> buying Bitcoin oh god <laughs> speaking of and fish this... war- and game wardens you'll be underwater in a week <laughs> that would be it that would be yeah. it well and then the marijuana portion of of this conversation that's exactly what's happened out there with these game wardens is as um john was saying to joe it's now just a hunt for these grow operations in california sure which is so crazy and this has happened for like 15 years i had no idea about this before i heard this podcast I mean, I I kind of heard that some people, but I just assumed that it was all the legal grow operations, like a bunch of like white kids with dreadlocks, just like right, sitting course. in the hills growing some plant. I didn't realize the cartels were coming over here, shipping in these 
you know, they would bring in God knows how many miles of piping for irrigation, mm-hmm. f- like really fucking up waterways using horrendous um, insecticide compounds right. and causing some major damage. Blew my mind. Yeah, they don't give a shit about anything, do they? No. It's just like, hang on a minute. So we've kind of fucked ourselves again. We've made it legal in California to, like, have the marijuana decriminalized when it was, um... Well, not decriminalized. So how... What did the steps go? When did it... When did you get the medical marijuana out here? It's like 2000. medical marijuana... Yeah, that's like been at least ten years, if not more. No, it's been way more now. Because yeah, I thought it was longer. I thought it was like two thousand. Like what were the the first ballot initiative to legalize marijuana recreationally was the year Obama was elected, and that failed. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the same. I'm pretty sure it was the same year as like uh, gay marriage on there, and then eventually the legislation just. Approved it, what, two years ago? A year ago? Two years ago? Mm. Something like that? Yep. Yeah, for another, it was the midterms, yeah, that they approved it. Um, and that was going to happen eventually, anyway. anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's only been like a year and a half that it's been recreationally legal, I believe. Right. But, uh, it's been medicinally le- legal. I mean, I think we kind of led, our state led the, uh, led the cause on that one. I believe so, yeah. I think that's been a long time. And so this goes hand in hand. Like, ever since they've had the uh, medical marijuana available, I think they've decriminalized the grow ops to where they're not felonies. And that's when the cartels were like, this fucking makes perfect sense for us to grow over there. And, well, and John was saying that they've seen the same guys upwards of 20 times. So they're closing operation down. They arrest everybody. They can't do anything with this. The, some of these guys because they're illegals. They get uh-huh. somehow back in the country again, and and they're working on growth sites again because it's what they know how to do well. Yeah, they'll just take the tunnels that the cartels have, and I mean, there's so many methods of getting into this country. It's kind of especially with the uh, resources the cartels have. So they just yeah, they just. Kick them out, they come right back in and do the same thing. Set up shop in a different spot. It's right, exact same fucking thing again. Unbelievable. Like, that must be yeah. so frustrating if you were like these people trying to clean up the situation. Unbelievably and, so. Yeah, and it turns right back into it. And then not to mention the fact that they're using compounds like carbon furo, like super toxic insecticides that are completely banned here but they're like smuggling them in and then Uh, that's the weed that gets sent to the states where you can't get weed yet right so who's buying that you know it's me and you when we were in high school man smoking this shit it's making these kids retarded um, I know that's why it should be legal across the board so we can regulate the shit out of it make sure it's safe by the way and I talk about this in my stand up act like buying weed out here, it's like going to the Apple store now. Like it's I first went to buy weed and I thought it was gonna be this seedy like little operation. Fuck no. I felt like I was about to buy an iPad and get sold like a two thousand dollar iMac or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's so nice and these people are so trained. I'm like, I hope you make a shit ton of money because you know 
everything about this. Although they could be making this shit up because I would have no fucking clue. You might because you're a biochemist genius, but I'm like, ah. <laughs> Dude, I honestly, I don't know shit either when I go in. They're like well-groomed. They're, they're almost like, oh, did you ever, when you were in college, did you ever see like the, the young marketers? Like in the, you know, master's marketing yeah. degree, they would try and like, they would have one of the the big halls set up and you could go in and they would like try and pull you into whatever job is going on. And they're, they're wearing like a suit and business casual yeah. and they're mm-hmm. talking to you professionally and using all these like terms of marketing. It's, it's 100%. All those people now are just going into selling marijuana. Absolutely. I mean, they were almost exactly it's like, the where's same where's the Rastafarian dude gone? I usually deal with him. He's surfing now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's already he's, retired. No, they are exactly like you described, except they have like a nose ring or an eyebrow ring. And that's it. That's the difference. I couldn't tell you shit about all the different strains either, really. I mean, Me anything either. beyond sativa, indica, you know, getting the CBD. Or hybrid. Yeah, when they start throwing the, all the different names down, I'm like, hold on a second. Are, are, are any of these things related? They're like, have you tried what you, you know, Maui right. Wowie, Jibby Jumby, uh, Johnny Hash? Yeah. I'm just like, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I'm, I've never been more in the hands of, the person helping me that it's like going it's practically like going to the mechanic or the dentist it's like three things i know nothing about dental procedures cars or weed i'm like i i don't know i guess you can fuck me every which way from sunday right now because i'm gonna have no clue but at least i'll get stoned at the end of this as opposed to you know car still won't run or my teeth hurt (laughs) well and it's you know what it's like even if you go into these places it's really relatively cheap yeah no it is i mean unless you're a ventura yeah if you're well i mean think about being an alcoholic you've got to drink some pretty shitty alcohol if you're if you don't have a lot of money in order to stay like hammered all the time like it really gets down to that that really gross whiskey that they sell it you know the corner stores canadian mist something that's like five dollars but i mean if you are completely addicted to weed and you need to get really fucking high every day how much how much are you spending not a great deal no not at all i mean you could spend what did i get i got a i got an eighth for like 40 bucks that lasted me like five months (laughs) six months (laughs) something like that you're not smoking that weed. Do, I know. I only do it like once, twice a week. I haven't done it at all this week. But yeah, I mean, you can do it. You can completely make that that happen. And more important is, you know, you didn't support any cartels, which is kind of a 100%. good feeling. Not that 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 should be, always be like the forefront of your thinking. But I mean, you are a consumer. Your money goes somewhere, and to know that it didn't yeah. kill anyone is pretty good. That's also. It's not covered in any compounds that are super toxic and dangerous. And hopefully, you're not destroying the environment with it either. I assume most so, legit grow operations are, are pretty well done. 
Um, well, most ag- most agriculture should at least you know no pesticides. Well, and especially in California, I mean everything where we buy everything's got to be organic and no pestic- pesticide free. It has to be because we're too. Yeah, we freak just out. Assholes about that. We're just gonna freak. I mean, there's just not a market for. It's not like food where, like, if you buy chicken with some hormones in it, you're like, well, you know, but it's five dollars less, and I got to eat every day. So this is a when it's weed, it's like this is recreational. I'm not gonna put more poison in my body than I'm already doing. So yeah. So I mean, let, let's weigh up what's happening here from like what we've learned. It seems like it costs a lot of money to employ these guys that really don't have the resources. Even though he said he pulled in other units and other teams from different departments, they just don't uh-huh. have the resources to keep up on this. It's dangerous no. for them. Uh, so that costs the taxpayers a lot of money. Yep. Then the money that is made by these guys goes back to cartels. So there's no tax money, no tax revenue taken mm-hmm. from that at all yep. and worse is all of that weed or most of it gets shipped to states that uh, haven't legalized marijuana yep. so they're selling it to whoever they sell it to people that want weed high school kids whatever covered in super toxic completely banned pesticides yeah it's a big fucking problem. Like, we're not just talking dude, about, like, hey, let's legalize weed because it's the right thing to do. Like, this is way bigger than that. Absolutely. One, I mean, you could say that about any drugs, really. Like, the more we regulate them, the more we subject them to tests and things like that. The more they become a consumer product as opposed to something that you buy under the table from some seedy dude in a back alley... Sure. The, you know, the at least the better it's going to be, kind of thing. I mean, not say, you know, but even even cocaine, meth, heroin, you have no idea what you're getting. But the minute you become a customer and you can take your business elsewhere, shit gets real. That's as even though I'm a fucking liberal, I do appreciate capitalism for that point. Yeah, it's true. Well, and you know, those ones are tougher because there's always the argument to be made that you know. They can kill you, or they can ruin your life. It's it's still so hard to make that argument these days with somebody about marijuana. Oh yeah, it's like you could probably die faster eating a bunch of strawberries. Probably, I don't know. I can't be sure, but I bet you can eat more marijuana than you can eat strawberries. I've up put money on that. It'd definitely be fun or longer. (laughs) <laughs> there's probably some yeah. compound in strawberries that will make fun. I like it I like it better than drinking no hangover yeah. lasts longer sleep well way better than drinking yeah no doubt no doubt so what's the solution I mean they should make a documentary about this I think they should oh, really sure they push have. that sure it should be one of those Netflix ones that that mm-hmm. gets you know and it should be done by because remember they've had all those marijuana um, documentaries on Netflix for a while and even as an advocate to it I would see some of them and I'm like oh this is just another stoner made this one like they just weren't all that well produced 
and yeah. some of them were kind of annoying. If it was put oh, together by by shit, even people that worked in this field, you know, there were like ex fishing game people, so it had like more legitimacy. And they weren't even mm-hmm. going about it from the angle of like, it's important to have marijuana legal. They were just like, look at what happens when we don't do it. Right. You know, look how fucked up this is. I think you've probably seen exposés like that on like CNN and things like that. But that's that's a less sexy... I mean, you and I are interested in that because we like shit like that. But it's kind of a less sexy thing, I guess. You know, the, the overall socio effects of legalizing marijuana yeah and anytime you do like a little short if it's only like 20 minutes and it's a clip within a show that has multiple others it loses a bit like you just can't go as in depth i think it would be great to to really be able to expand upon this i mean this guy john norris wrote a couple of books i'd be interested to read those but i with books it's like people are so lazy like how many people it's so much easier to just turn on netflix and be like oh what? Yep. We we just don't have the attention span. And to be perfectly honest, we never had the attention span. We simply just didn't have the content that tapped into that. So we were, you know, when we were younger, you and I had to read books if we wanted, or articles. There was no internet. There was no Netflix and getting on a, do, you know, looking for a documentary or anything. You had to seek out the knowledge and then you had to spend the time learning it, reading it, and everything like that. But even back then, we would have immediately given that up if there was an easier easier alternative. Always. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a, it's just a more efficient way to... I, do, I don't think the knowledge stays in as well. I don't think you pay as much attention to it. No. But more no, people no. get the message. Yep. And, you know, when you show, like, a video of, like, you know awful things happening too it kind of sticks Mm -hmm. with you i mean the environmental impact of all this is really what first made me think like they they're drying up the waterways they're destroying these natural habitats polluting areas i mean it's it's a big issue i mean that's kind of how they first were figuring out where these people were because they were like well what's happening upstream that's caused all these areas to just kind of dry up. Yeah. It's um it's horrible and I don't I don't know if we have a solution for it because they just keep doing it and they keep doing it, especially in the state. Well, we got to legalize the yeah. federally. It needs to be legalized. It does. You know, across the board. What, what's really nice about the way that this all kind of wraps together is John went on the Meat Eater podcast with Steve Ranella. Steve Ranella mm-hmm. is a guy that uh, does the Meat Eater podcast, produced the Meat Eater show, um, great hunting show, you learn a lot, very, very smart guy if you want to learn anything about hunting. And he describes everything in um, a kind of Anthony Bourdain way, though it's his own style. Like he's an excellent narrator and he brings a lot of feeling and compassion and humanity into this kind of art. Well, not an art but like what he does right which right. which kind of makes it beautiful but the idea that he would have a guy on who is in a sense like advocating for the legalization of marijuana but from a different angle from a we need to do this to protect the environment yeah is really cool to me 
I really like the way that that came about because initially hunters are just seen as like Republican dudes that just want to shoot animals. Right. And it all comes kind of full circle when you put the bigger picture together, which is a pretty beautiful thing. Absolutely. Well, I like that. I like coming at from it, coming at it from that angle too. That's important, and people don't talk about that a lot. People don't talk about that at all, for the most part. No, that dialogue never really like existed. But when it comes to destroying, I I think that's where it resonates with everyone. Is like you do not fucking destroy the national parks in the United States. No, no. It's one. I think of, it's one of the last every American pure, pure things we have. Yeah, every American is going to agree on that. It's one of the last pure things we have. It really feels like it's it, you know it's part of our existence as a culture, as our society. It's what you do. You go see these things as a family. You take your kids there. It's our history. You know, we're one of the younger countries in the world. We're the definitely the youngest superpower in the world. This is part of our identity. It's important to people. It's important to American culture because we are creating our own. We're not just Irish and German and American and Jewish and African American and any of that. We, you know, that is part of building our own American culture. That's important, and if damaging that is, it's um, it needs to be addressed for sure. It's fucked up. I mean, as an American, which you are, you were born here, you've yep. lived here your whole life. Do do you see the like the national parks as something that belongs to you? Yeah, I see it as something that belongs to all of us. Yeah, but that's why I loathe this idea of drilling there or opening it up for mining and stuff. It's like it's the last kind of pure thing left in this country. And yeah, I do see it as belonging to us. My mom was insistent on family trips to all of these areas throughout our childhood. Go see the. Go see the country. Go see the national landmarks. See the national parks. See, you know, those those wonders, those awe-inspiring moments. And that's kind of that's what we got, you know. That's 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 part of our identity. It's important. So yeah, I do kind of see it as we own that because we do. I, you know, I'm a I'm a just have a tiny tiny sliver of a stake in uh, the national parks. As a very uh, low-paying tax t- taxpayer, <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes—I do notice it. Like I, you know, I moved here when I was thirteen, so mm-hmm. twenty-four years, twenty-five years ago. And from one of the first things that I really noticed and paid attention to, and and have seen ever since, is that. This there is a connection to the outdoors that I didn't see in the same way when I lived in England, and uh-huh. the the national parks were a big part of that. Like many families would go to them, people yep. love them. Like I've never heard anyone be like, "Nah, they're boring." Not into it. No. Like sure, people aren't maybe into camping, but going to these places, uh, it just have a really. Um, important kind of aspect to their life like it just means so much to them to go to to go do this you and i living in just living in la the number of people that hike runyon 
you know, Runyon Canyon and Griffith and all those other, the Palisades, all those other spots, you know, taking selfies, you know, but there is this back to nature quality, you know, the number of people that go to the beach, everybody wants to get back to nature, especially in this country. Um, I can't speak for others like you can, but there's a back to nature aspect of that that I think is really important. I, I share it. I feel it. I love to go out. I just don't have the time. I love yeah. to go to Nashville. Yosemite is one of the most breathtaking experiences of my entire life. I'd love to see Yellowstone. I haven't seen Yellowstone. I've, you know, I, when I moved out here, I camped cross country. So I got to see the entire southern half of the United States through all these different states, a lot of geography, a, you know, a lot of different landscapes. It was, liter- it was without a doubt, that one of the top moments of my entire life, that trip, even though I was like stressed out and I got unbelievably sick when I arrived in Los Angeles. I mean, like some, maybe the sickest I've ever been in my entire life sleeping like 20 hours a day because it was just a stressful move and everything, but it was still, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I want to do it again. It was amazing just to see all of it. Not even just the landscape, like the landmarks and national parks, like, my favorite night was when we camped in Amarillo, and it was like late October, so it was starting to get chilly. And there's nothing to see in Amarillo. It's just kind of this, this dirt town, but it's completely flat and completely clear. And camping that night, it was like you could see half the universe. The stars were out. It, there was no pollution. There was no light pollution. You, I've never seen so many stars in my entire life. It was the most tranquil experience I've ever had in my entire life period and that was a that was just an amazing moment yeah i think like even when you said you hadn't been to some of the other parks you just need mm-hmm. to know about a few of them you've been to some you've been to some areas that really connect you to nature and then when you yeah. hear about something like this you know cartel coming in fucking up all this land and potentially damaging these other places that you haven't even seen. So you're not really even connected to with a memory. You're just invested right. in because, hey, I'm an American and I have a stake in this. And this mm-hmm. is what we are. And this is what my kids will see. You can fuck right off if you think you're going to damage it. That's that yeah. message that needs to get out there. Well, uh, yeah, it's our backyard. Mm-hmm. It, it that's that's when... it. That's what they should and call that's... the documentary. Yeah, get the fuck out of my backyard. Our backyard. Yeah, we're the old man on the lawn, but we're <laughs> telling. Well, but it's and, it, and it, it's so sad, but become but it becomes other people's problems when you talk about the drug problem. And it's like, oh, this person had a drug problem, that person, and because you can always put it on. Well, that that was their choice to do that drug. So it's this uh, this idea of personal responsibility. You put the onus on them. What well, they did it. They smoked that. They snorted that. They injected that. That's on them. You can put the responsibility on them. But when you when they bring it into your backyard and they start destroying the stuff, I mean, it, at a base level, you're like, you bitches are bringing down our property value. But it's like this is our stuff. This is our this is our home, and now you're ruining it. Now we yeah. go to war, motherfuckers. Well, I think that's. I think that was kind of the message that Steve was laying down. Is he's like, look, I'm not saying I'm going to start smoking weed, but right. if this shit doesn't do anything bad, right? 
it doesn't necessarily right. fuck with motivation because he's talking to a man in front of him, Joe Rogan, who smokes a ton of weed and is saying straight up, listen, I get Absolutely. shit done when I smoke this. Mm-hmm. Then what is the fight? Is there even worth a fight when the alternative is that it's fucking up the national lands, like these huge areas right. that you love? Like, forget about it. Like, what are we fighting yep. for? Will everyone just stop fucking trying to fight this silly cause and focus on what's actually happening? Yep. Yep. I think at the end of the day, if you really want to address all of that, though, and I think it's an incredibly important point coming out from an environmental standpoint, from a health standpoint, but if you really want to get to the nitty gritty, figure out how it hurts people's pocketbooks and how stopping it will help people's pocketbooks. That's a great really, point. at the end of the day, it always drives me crazy when any politicians come at anything. Like, even this message of, you know, let's do it for our kids. Well, you know what? The last generation, that was their message. And all they did with their kids was leave the world way worse than when they found it. Because at the end of the day, kids don't pay my bills. Shit, I got to do what I got to do what's easy for me right now. So if you can start selling it in terms of, like, pocketbook issues... You, you can sell anything on that. It's like, getting rid of this will make you richer. Keeping it will make you poor. Boom. That's how you do it. So if you can figure out a way to convince people that just the existence of these cartels doing this bullshit is ruining you know their pocketbook, even to the tune of just a couple of bucks, that'll, that'll motivate it. I mean, that's the most motivating thing because people want life to be just a little bit easier. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. It seems like everything is leaning that way. Like, there's just no real reason. Like, we're not even sitting back on a moral issue right now. We're just like, this is a major issue. You know, I mean, take something like gay marriage, right? You're, you're, in a sense, by not allowing it, you are really persecuting the people that couldn't do it and showing them that they were less than regular citizens. And it's, you know... Exactly. It's just like a non-feeling, shitty stance to take, bolstered by religious thought or whatever, right? Right. So that was kind of the argument. But it never affected anyone's pocketbooks. They didn't legalize no. it because of a pocketbook issue. No, that's it was true. Just that like, is true. It took time, and it was the wrong thing, the wrong stance to take, and everyone slowly started to agree. 100%. But this one hits on almost every type of point. It really does. It does. You're right. How long do you think we got before it's federally legal? What if you had to throw? If I gave you fifty grand, and you got a you got a match, you got you got ten year window. Ten year window. So like, I if I get it within, if I'm yeah, within so 10 let's years, say in yeah. 2035 they legalize it, and you say 2026, then you just made it by nine years. Like you were right there. Yeah. I would definitely think 20 years. It's probably overshooting it a little bit to be safe. I think a generation. I think the more this next generation comes to voting age, because, I mean, you just, especially now that with so many states legalizing it, it's just, it's so easy to get it. There's, it's just going to be a waste of money. It's going to be a waste of resources. I feel like eventually a president's going to come in and it may very well be the next one it's going to lift the instruct the DOJ to lift the federal ban on or to quit classifying marijuana as a type 1 controlled substance 
And I think at that point, that'll begin the, the windfall. And you look at Colorado, who's done so well financially in this. I mean, they've made so much money off of this. I think I think I read billions. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. Don't, don't at me, guys. But, I, I mean, I feel like they've made just unbelievable gains taxing the shit out of this. And there's some states that could really goddamn use that revenue. Alabama, cough, cough. And yeah. um, <laughs> where I went to college, Georgia, cough, cough. And um, plus they could really stand to just chill the fuck out every now and then. <laughs> but I feel like uh, it's, it's bound to happen eventually. And, and I would say within 20 years, but probably sooner, more, probably more like 10. What do you think? Well, it's, it has happened really quickly. I mean, let's it just has. go back to 2010. You know, I was living in Chicago. Just to think that, like, it would be this readily available, even then, was like, no. Like, I obviously knew that I think a few states had had the medical. California had had it for about 10 years then. But it just seemed like, you know, states were coming in and out. Like, it would get legalized, then it would get banned, then it would get... And it wasn't like a lot of states thought they were getting it anytime soon and and there was always so much pushback that i i almost felt like it was a bit of a fad that it even was uh medically available i felt like that Uh was moving it wasn't like there wasn't momentum it wasn't like the ball was rolling and now it can't be stopped now it feels like it just can't be stopped it can't be well but you know i know you didn't feel the momentum but the day it became legal medicinally that was the beginning of the end for opposition because it was so easy. It was so easy to go get weed. All you have to do is, like, oh, my ankle hurts. And there was some doctor out there that's going to write you a prescription for weed as a painkiller. I mean, I'm to the point now, I've, I have to actively remember that it's not legal everywhere because it's just, we, I mean, you and I think both take it for granted that it's there. And it's so weird. Like, I wanted to send my mom with home, some, um, some home with her last time she visited. Uh, because of her like chronic pain in her back and stuff like that, and I was like, "Oh shit, I can't do that because you can't bring that shit on a plane. That's a internet. That's a interstate drug trafficking charge." But it's just so <laughs> weird that, and I feel like the rest of the world's gonna, the rest of the country's gonna join us soon. Yeah, on I, that, I think it's gonna be wild when when the people you don't expect to be doing it, like it'd be it'd be later in life Republicans mm-hmm. that. Have always typically been against it. Now, given right. the option to like, okay, you've got cancer, so you can take all these different medications, or you right. can just be smoking weed, or a CBD combo of something, and all of a sudden, that's what they're doing. Like, once th- this kind of shift, or just one of them just coming out and being like, you know, to be honest, that's just how I roll now. I don't want to be right. an alcoholic, but I like to get a bit fucked up, so. This is this is what I'm into, and then Absolutely. the stigma, yeah, the stigma is just going to kind of like disappear. You know, it will. It's starting to already. You're you're always going to have your backward areas, like your Alabamas, your Mississippis, your Arkansas. And I can say that because I'm from that area, so I know what it's like. I say it with authority. Um, you know, and they stand on their moral high horse, they're, so they're going to be the last ones to you know come over to the uh 
to the other side, but it's going to happen eventually because the the tide is turning. Mm. And well, that's, it, that's how it, it is. It really, as always, just comes to things like a lack of understanding, and, a, and not for me to sit always. here and be like, "Oh, I understand it all." I don't either. But you know, take take how Steve Ranella started the, the podcast out when he was talking to Joe about animal lovers, animal lovers uh-huh. that get mad at him for being a hunter. But then it's like, right. what do most people know about? animals and where do most of the animal lovers come from well a lot of them come from like new york and california right Mm -hmm. liberal areas city spots la new york city then they don't even see real animals no they don't know what they are they think they see pictures they see them on instagram they're cute they love them because they're cute and a lot of them are i love animals they're very cute but a lot of them will look at you like they'll fucking kill you as well they will kill you (laughs) unless they're domesticated most of those fuckers will go after your ass that is kind of a weird thing about cats and dogs too is like the cats and dogs that you will have in your house are adorable they're just squishy little pillows and we love them but you take almost any wild cat and i would say wild cat over wild dog like when i lived in sri lanka we would go on these like hiking excursions and a lot of street dogs would follow us along. And you know what they uh-huh. reminded me of is they kind of looked like the dog on the Simpsons. I know he was supposed to yeah. be a greyhound, but it, they, they were kind of like small looking greyhounds. That's right. that's what like the mongrel feral dogs kind of just ended up looking like. They don't go back right. into being wolves. They just turn into like the thing from, you know, I guess because they're slim, they're fast. Um, you know they're agile. They can hunt or like go through the Absolutely. trash or whatever they ate. It's just what they look like. They they weren't that scary. They they wouldn't really growl at you. They would just kind of run around do a thing. Like you wouldn't want to fuck with them either, you know, because they used to like fighting with other dogs. They lived on the streets. But when it right. comes to like a real feral cat or a different cat species, you don't. Have you ever heard one of those things kind of scowl? And make that cat oh, noise. It's oh, send dude. a chill down your spine, dude. Fuck, oh, dude. Terrifying. I'll just hear my regular cat growl. And I'm like, ooh, I'll get hurt if I go near that one right now. Like <laughs> my tiny little eight pound cat. You know, you know him. He'll, he'll jump on your lap and love you to death. But if he growls and he wants to swipe at you, he's got talons, man. They will. He will fuck your shit up. But like, yeah, he, he he can't kill you, but he can make you hurt. Uh-huh. And that's and he's the littlest of the species. Yeah. Imagine coming in contact with like a lynx, a bobcat, a cougar. Shit. That like they'll probably run away because they don't want to get involved, but they can hurt. They, but if you fucked with them, they could kill you. Yeah. And we have mountain no, lions out here. Yeah. Like there's no conglomeration that, you just of never see them. Yeah, there's no conglomeration of mountain lions living in the city going, you know what, guys, we really shouldn't hurt humans because they're, they're, they're animals too. They're going, you see one, kill one. We hungry. And what do you think about the whole conversation that often comes up, like we're encroaching on their space? Well, we are. I mean... But I mean, we, are we? Or are we just the fucking biggest, strongest, smartest? Like, what is... To think that we would be like, oh, there's a lot of deer over there, so we can't build a thing. 
And I'm not saying, True. obviously, I love national parks. I love a lot of things. I'm not saying, like, just coming in and building things. But if, if you go back to basics, like, it's you, it's your family, it's, like, 1760, and you're just trying to find the best spot of land for you and your family to set up your, like, cabin in old-timey America, you're not going to not choose an area near a river because you're worried about what, like... Animal. True, but that, but in 1760, the ecological reper, uh, repercussions of building your log cabin near a river aren't nearly as consequential as they are now when you build a mill or a, you know, a plant or you build an entire city in forested area where you've basically just dislocated or deloc whatever the word is, you've um, relocated, you know hundreds of species that have lived in their natural habitat for years that's the thing humans we don't have any natural population control like we have so far evolved beyond disease and all other forms of things that kill us whether it's you know things that are unsafe all right well we got we got seat belts you know, infections. We got penicillin. Uh, drowning. We got fucking, you know, life vests. I mean, anything you can think of. We have so far evolved beyond that. So, like, we introduced, they introduced wolves to Yellowstone and it completely changed the habitat for the better because of all the different things they did. They were able to, you know, trim down on, like, the deer population, which was running amok and eating all the plants, and that was a natural equilibrium that was created by introducing this pack of wolves that naturally lived there beforehand anyway. They created a perfect equilibrium. There is no equilibrium where humans go. We, we move in, we infestate, we take over. There's, so, and we leave, the re- we leave the scraps for the animals. I mean, that's kind of what happens. We don't live in equilibrium like we used to. We build skyscrapers, not log cabins. So in that regard, we we are encroaching on their space. At the same time, uh, you're going to ask me to move out of my apartment in California because uh, I want a red squirrel to have a nicer tree. I'm probably not going to do that. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and be like, we should stop because we're doing this shit. But at the same time, yeah, we are moving in on them. You know what I mean? Well, you make a great point, and I, I do agree with you on that. Like, before we move into an area, if we can, we should be, we should understand at least what's going on in there and what our impact will be, for sure. Right. But then once we're in an area, if someone's like, there's a mountain lion on your street, well, or there's some bears, I'm like, sorry, guys. Joe says it, I say it. I'm on Team Human. We need to fucking just move those bears, please. You yeah. know? Because I don't want I mean, to tackle the them. The and I definitely don't want my girlfriend or kids or any smaller things to have to tackle that. No. I mean, at the end of the day, it's true. We're Team Human. We're not going to not live. Nobody's going to give up their life so that bears can sleep in hibernation a little more soundly or anything else. I wish we could and I wish there was a better way of doing all of this but the fact of the matter is there isn't right now and we keep growing I mean and 
uh, you we're not going to kill people, <laughs> and we keep evolving past a lot of the checks and balances on you know human population. That's just how it is. When you were talking about the reintroduction of the wolves in uh, was it Yellowstone? Yellowstone, uh huh. Did did you see anything on that? What did you what did you yeah, read I, or I read learn an, about that? It was an article. I think it was a Nat, National Geographic article I read about like two years ago maybe longer about how just introducing a small pack of wolves changed everything about you even on an ecological basis because of the equilibrium of how animals existed in that with having a natural predator that cut down on a certain population it even changed the flow of the water like the flow of the river i'll look i'll try and find it maybe i can bring no, it no, up no no you don't need podcast. to i i'm glad that you bring this up because I recently watched a YouTube video uh, okay. about this, and it's just called "How Wolves Change the River," and it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and and I mean, it has like 41 million views. So if anyone's listening, I'm going to put the link in the bio or the description for this podcast. It's only Sweet. like four minutes long, but it's really fascinating because there's such a positive change to the overall mm-hmm. arc of what what was done. That in the same way you think about what Steve Ranella and John is talking about with with the the cartel stuff and and how they are diverting the water and poisoning the land, it's like the the opposite is also true. Like just as mm-hmm. easily is is this balance of nature can restore things. It, again, well, I guess humans can fuck it up. Um, yeah, but it can happen real quick. So I'll, I'll put that link in there. For anybody that wants to watch it, and, and as always, message us uh, on Instagram. Yeah, please. At, uh, Joe Rogan Experience Review Instagram, and then same logo. So just let us know what you think about it because that's that's pretty cool. But it was wild though how just yeah. getting the wolves back in did that. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I'd like to add a add a caveat to the whole team human thing because I am team human. But I'm not team pollute the fucking waters and pollute the area around it and make and warm the goddamn planet because we're just fucking lazy. That I'm not on team because there's a lot of things we can do that can preserve habitats that we haven't touched. You know, we, no, ain't nobody moving to the North Pole to build a log cabin. Nobody wants to do that shit. Yet a lot of the effects of mankind are wreaking havoc on these natural habitats and these species that we haven't touched in terms of physical contact but because of what we've done to the planet um, it's greatly affecting them and that bothers me and we don't have to be able to we don't have to do all that shit we can still try to find some type of coexistence where we're not destroying everything yeah I mean I I think if 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 anybody is not like hearing that and assuming you're taking a heavy political viewpoint, I think that everybody agrees on that too. Like you I, go to I, basics. I so, if you're yeah. like, listen, we're pollute. Like you want this person to pour this bucket of oil in that stream where you fish. No one's gonna say no. That's fine because humans no, don't. Right. Exactly. There's no impact. You know, but it's only when you get broader when you're like, we're making the world hotter. They're like, no way, bullshit. You're like, okay, it's too abstract. It's too abstract. You, it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really difficult to make people care about something that is happening elsewhere. 
about that's why you always got to go back to the economics of it you got to go back to the economics of it it's hotter so you know what your air conditioning is going to run longer you know what that's going to me- mean higher power bills let's stop doing this shit because yeah. we, we don't want higher power bills there you go there's an argument do you think oh, they maybe go- just make the argument on the much smaller scale like only focus on like the the end like what you can see if it's too abstract to say we're yeah. making the world hotter, just be like, well, that factory over there is polluting your kids. Yeah. And just focus on that dialogue. Because that Absolutely. is what we know. All politics all is agree. local. Yeah, we all yep. agree. We all all politics agree is that. local. Yeah, you should. it should be all agreeable. Uh, it drives me crazy when politicians talk about you know climate change the world getting hotter sea levels rising all this it's all abstract or or the solutions and the solutions always seem to be come from a moral answer but they can never really address or they never talk about cost when at the end of the day if you can really get around it you're going to make life easier for people like the more we have solar and wind the cheaper that shit is because once you pay for it to be installed it's done it's free energy. Wind is free. The sun is free. And when people, I love when people say, um, what, what about when it's cloudy? I'm like, uh, you ever gotten a sunburn when it's cloudy? Turns out UV radiation Every don't give a fuck. Every fucking day. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Try being ginger. You know how white I am. I do. Oh, brutal. Yeah, it's, um, it's economically, it's feasible. If you can invest in those things. Like I got Dude, I'm pretty car. sure if we made the solar panels efficient enough yeah and then look plants grow in england so don't tell me there's not enough fucking sunlight massive oak trees grow in england tons they don't grow because of of magic they just have efficient leaves that's efficient solar panels it's true Yeah. yeah we could totally do it all right let's switch it to let's switch it from environmentalism to have you seen Dave Chappelle's new stand-up? No, and I'm, I've been waiting. I'm going to watch it Monday with some weed and my girl, and I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. I watched I've been too snippets because I can't not. Like, I can, yeah. I can not watch anyone else's stand-up for a long time. I promise Absolutely. you. I, I don't know why. You know, when I'm like writing comedy or thinking about it, it's almost like I'm a little nervous to watch other people's. Chappelle's, like, yep. I can't stay away. And the controversy that's popping up, I can't wait to hear the magic. So, our either. next episode here, we're going to jump into. Oh, wait. You said you're going to watch it Monday? Yeah, I was going to watch it Monday. All right, perfect. Labor we'll Day. do it. We'll, we'll talk about it then next Wednesday. Should we, should we do a special episode? A Fuck yeah, review? yeah. Let's do a hundred. Look, he just went on tour with Joe. Like the Fuck shit yeah. that he's talking about is resonate. Let's do, let's do a Chappelle episode. It, and trust me, I am not reviewing the master of comedy stand up. It's not. Oh happening. hell no. No way. No way. My review no is glowing. I would close the board. this. I would smash this computer that I'm recording on before I would ever even attempt to insult that genius. But yeah, we, yeah. we get into some of the topics that he talked about, why they could be controversial, why they're important that he brought it up. And I haven't even seen it, and I know all those things happened. You know? Oh, yeah. He, what he's doing is is has been amazing since he's come back. And I, just from what I'm hearing from the sidelines, I know 
that this special is going to be the same thing. And I want to talk about why it's so important to come in and say to this, like, you know, this culture of, yeah. of you know, what are they called? I read it? this. I read this awesome tweet today, and I I haven't even watched it yet, but I thought, but the tweet was so fantastic, so I'm going to read it out right now. It's a guy named Curtis Cook. It's Curtis under it's at underscore underscore Curtis Cook. If you want to look it up yourself, and he says Dave Chappelle is my kind of idol because it's always been my goal to walk away from fifty million dollars after realizing audiences are laughing in a way that belittles the struggle of my people, then return a decade later to make that money back by belittling the struggle of others. Oh, genius! <laughs> I kind of fucking love it. <laughs> God damn! Unbelievable. Yep. Y- yeah. That's fucking great. That is so clever and so good. He's ridiculous, yep. man. This is how good it's he is. Amazing. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole episode for him next Wednesday, and then we we'll catch up on episodes from then. We got a new logo coming, a new design. Gonna be working Woo-hoo. with Mark's brother, who's a bit of a genius on this stuff. Thank God we know some bit. people that are actually smart and yeah, and probably. talented. And uh, and you're performing tonight, right? You're up yeah, at the comedy, comedy store, store, seven o'clock. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'll probably post this too late for anybody to be able to make their move, but at least that's happening. Oh, well. It's yeah, cool. oh, well. I'll be up there, brother. We're coming up. Sweet. Love yep. it. Lo- All I think right, we're going to be sold out anyway, so we'll, we'll be good. Yeah, it always is, man. That comedy store is just crushing it up there. Crushing. Love that. Crushing. All right. Good All right, stuff baby. as good always. Show. Thanks, Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you putting up with us as always. And uh, yeah. Welcome back, Mark. We're back into it. We took a week off. We needed it. Love it. All right, brother. Take it easy. Later, guys. Bye.